Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hey Sean, um, we're going to do something a little bit different to the starters today. Um, we've got some walk-on music. I've got some for both of us, alright? So after okay. you, I'll do mine first, then we do yours, okay? okay? So mine goes a bit like this. Hello, hello, and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvik. Wait for it. <laughs> and I am Sean in your face, Holly, aka Stepto and Son. That was a good song, that. Yeah, so that's us. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Not bad. Uh, I've been better. I've always been better. Have you? Yeah. Oh, why? Should we leave it at that? Okay. Just trying to do stuff, losing motivation, not doing things, failing badly, not getting anything oh. finished, times against me always. Isn't it? You've got too many projects on, that's your problem. I know, I'm such an idiot. I need to just do one thing at a time and keep motivated until I've finished it. That's the problem, I think. Yes. Hmm. Any road, what, what else have we been up to? Right, the first, some good stuff. Let's do some good stuff, shall we? Yes. Um, I visited our Alex, Jackie Egg, Nintendo Arcade, whatever he wants to call himself these days, a.k.a. a.k.a. a.k.a., uh, just before he went to America, a couple of days before he went to America. He's, off, he's in America right now, as we speak. Yes, he's, he's in no, he's in Atlanta actually at the moment, um, and I played the new, in brackets, old Street Fighter. I think they called it Ultra Street Fighter Two, on the Switch. Mm, what do you think? I really liked it. It was a re- really nice graphics. It's sort of all really nice, smooth, touched up graphics, which you'd expect from a HD remix. But you play against each other with little tiny hand controls. They're really, really cute, but they're quite sturdy. They feel quite, quite good. You know, it's quite heavy in your hand, even though they're only tiny little things. And we we're playing. With each other, not against. Because right. it reminded me of um, years ago on the Commodore 64 and Spectrum, there was a game called IK Plus, International Karate Plus. Yeah, cool. By, by, by System 3 Arch software. McLean. Arch McLean, yeah. Can't and you could McLean. actually have two players working together to beat the computer opponent up. Mm. So me and Alex were duffing up Evil Ken, we blacked Evil Ryo's eyes and kicked Mr. Malcolm Bison's bottom together. Is that what it M's for, Malcolm? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yeah, it was good. He also showed me, I think you can review games on there as well, and he showed me a new rhythm game coming to the Switch, which looks really quite dark compared to the usual candy-coloured things. It sort of like reminded me of a rhythm game crossed with Wipeout. So it's all that really quick things moving around in 3D and like neons going past at really high speed and quite dark. It looks really smart, though. I quite like some of the rhythm games, so... Hopefully like Alex will get that and coaster, we'll play it. A bit like that. Yeah, but sort of looking into the screen, if you know what I mean, sort of a three D mm-hmm. view and you're travelling along into the screen. Ooh. Look quite good though. I went to see Depeche Mode on the third of June, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh and an old uh, an old friend of mine, an old Vacker friend, Sean, and his wife Dawn, or De Sean as we call them. <laughs> 
And they went. To, they came to see us. They came to stay with us, and then we went to go and see the concert together because he's a mad Depeche Mode fan, as is my wife, and me, I suppose, to an extent. But I like the older stuff more than anything. Anything sort of past songs of faith and devotion, not really interested. Mm. But um, the horrors were on first um, as the support act. They were quite good, quite like those. I've heard them before. And Depeche Mode did not disappoint. Uh, very tiring journey on the way home due to the terrible incident on London Bridge that day. Oh, that's horrible. And also it? in Vauxhall, yeah. I was in a crowd of 70,000 people walking along a road trying to get home, get out the sort of um, the area there where it is. It's uh, the Olympic Village. And everyone was getting this news through on their phones about these horrible attacks that had happened. So I wasn't feeling too easy on the way. Mm. But I think it took three hours to get out of there and get home in the end. God. So it was longer than the actual concert altogether, which was mm. madness. Yeah, so there's that. Good concert, but, you know, sort of a bit of a bad taste in your mouth afterwards, really. It was pretty nasty, really. Mm. Spent the next day, on the Sunday, working on a few things. Uh, I've been hacking and repairing an old broken DS into a Game Boy Advance micro. Macro, sorry. Have you seen these? Uh, I've seen your little pictures that you've put on Twitter. It's looking good. Yeah, it's basically the bottom half of a DS uh, without the top screen. So if you get a broken one that's got a you know knackered hinge or whatever, you take the actual screen off, you do some jiggery-pokery inside it, do a bit of filling and a bit of painting, and you make a sort of little unit, handheld unit, just the bottom half with a nice screen on it. That's and cool. it's just for playing Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy via a ROM smart card I've got. I've got this thing called a Super Card, which you can play different games on. Um, I did actually... The one I had that Mr. Bobby Idod gave me had an actual broken corner. It had actually been broken right off and had a load of cracks in it. And it was a bit beyond repair. I tried Bondo in it and it looked quite good. But when I started sanding it and sort of fitting things into it, it kept breaking all the time. So what I did is I ordered a brand new replacement DS case. Seven quid delivered. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not bad, is it? And I was doing something to the other day and I used the wrong screws. It's got a load of screws. It's some little ones and some slightly longer ones. And I put the longer ones in. As I screwed them in, they went right through the thing, didn't they? So too long. But for seven quid, chuck it away. Get a new one. Who cares, yeah. dude? Hey! <laughs> so I'm going to do that. Um, it's looking. I've actually got the thing together at the moment, even the screw's broken through. It looks a bit ugly, but it works really nicely. It's lovely for playing Game Boy, because you can play them all in the sort of colours as well, because the smart card has got an emulator on it already, which plays, I think it plays Master System, Game Gear, PC Engine, NES, Game Boy, Game Boy Colour, and obviously play proper Game Boy Advance games on it as well. And they look really nice in the colour. It's a lovely little thing. Mm, nice one. I got uh, I got some pretty colours to paint it as well. Same colour as my car. VW Deep Black Pearlescent. Or should I say Deep Black Pearlescent. That's very good, that. Mm. Is that what you say when you go when you go to a paint shop? Yeah, and I have some colour. Deep you want. Black. They just throw me out. I've been playing a lot, a lot of this week's game. Every time I went in the garage, turned it on, flicked it on in the corner, quick go, quick go here, quick go there. I got my best score about four or five days ago, eight days ago maybe, quite early yeah. on. And you haven't told me what it is yet. I sent you a picture earlier on the messenger. Have you looked at it Did yet? Did you? <gasps> yeah. don't, oh. don't say what it is. Don't look at it even. Don't look. Don't. don't Actually, see you. I Stop looking. Look Stop looking. I see you, you looking. You surprise me. You can surprise me. Yes. Let me surprise you. Surprise. Remember... We've got a separate track for Charlie Fart, that's all I'm saying. Oh, you, you've got more than... Anyway, we'll talk about this. Mm. So you've got a mega score. Not bad. I'm very pleased with it. So, I've been playing that a lot. Uh, I had a bit of a problem with that thing, because 
I got sent the ROMs to fix the bugs in the game, or some of the bugs in the game. You know, the 204,000 bug. And the scabby hate beaks. It wasn't quite working properly on my board, so I had to put it all back to standard. So I've been playing on a standard board, same as everyone else's. No, I did, I've got a save game mod for it, but it's not working for some reason. So I left all it off. It's just been playing normally. That's why I took a picture of the, the score. Uh, what else have been doing? Yeah, when I, when I went to play that, I just nipped in for a few minutes, you know, have a quick play while I'm tidying stuff up, and that's what happened. It's good sometimes. I've been messing with the NES Mini as well, my little NES Mini. You've been nessing? Nessing. Nessing about. <laughs> uh, added some other two-button controller games. Uh, got PC Engine games on there, Game Gear, Master System, uh, so far. Uh, I might even add some Atari 7800 if possible. I'm not sure if you can get a emulator for that one on there, but that's only a two-button controller as well. Hmm. I could even add more button controller emulators to it, because I've got a, a Wii Classic controller with loads of buttons on it. But I'm not sure if I can bother, really. I'm just happy with the, the simple games, I think, for now. Yeah. Hmm. I like the old black and white Game Boy games, because you only have two buttons. Yes. So if a little handheld like that, it's, it's brilliant to play them. And some of the old RPGs and stuff on it, and the platformers are really good on, on yeah. the Game Boy. Yeah, the black they really and white. are. Yeah. yeah, because well, on that on that thing I'm making... Not the NES Mini. Well, I think even on the NES Mini, I think it might put them in colour for you as well. You can choose different shades. Right. So that's quite clever. Yeah, that's what I've been up to anyway, mate. How about you? Oh, tons, tons. Tons of stuff, lovely. Tons. Tell me. I have just deleted... All the, your notes. The, the notes. They're back. They're back. Well I went done. to the Batcave a couple of weeks ago. It just gets better and better, the Batcave. I wish I, I lived it. close to the Batcave. I'll go with you. I really enjoyed myself when I went there that time with you. It's so good. Oh, it's this- brilliant. The tournament game this time was a brand new one, but the rest were retro. Ooh. Tekken 7. And actually... How many Tekkens? Seven of them. And I actually beat somebody and then nearly beat the second guy, but got knocked no out. No way, dude. And then some semi-finalist didn't turn up in the tournament, so I took his place and I got slaughtered oh, by I this guy. It completely annihilated me. Manguja. Anyway, I was doing a bit of commentary on the Show Me Games Twitch stream on that night. So oh, you cool. can, if you check out YouTube, there's me talking rubbish with a pint in my hand. So it was rubbish. <laughs> of course it was. And it was an awesome night as ever. And I found, well, Lewis had a, a Saturn shooter on called Shen Ryu. Shen Ryu, yeah. Is that how you say it? So I say it. It's an arcade yeah. game as well. Yeah, I've never heard of it. And it's it looks a bit like Truxton when it starts because the ship's similar and that and you've got maybe similar weapons. Mm-hmm. It's a really good game. I've, I've been playing it on the arcade as well. Oh, I know what's coming next. <laughs> oh, that's uh-huh. really good. And also, last Thursday, I guested on the RGDS podcast with Garen, the Drisk, and Rick talking about the best video games of 1984. You've oh, done a couple of them, haven't so you? So you were, you, take, you took my place as guesting at Guestface. I did. Nice one. Did you have fun? Yeah, well, we were talking for almost three hours, and we yeah. only got halfway through the 25 games. Oh, my Lord. So we're recording again next Tuesday. When this podcast comes out, oh, I shall be parts. recording another podcast. Yeah. I think with those ones where you're doing a, a, a huge subject of a, of a year like 1984, and the next few years as well are quite big ones, I think it's worthwhile to do a long one. People yeah. can always press pause and play it later on or on their next commute to work. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think some. But we, we've had lots of comments where people like the long podcast, they don't like them. You know, it's just mostly like. I think it's different preferences. I think. Yeah, yeah you've got a pause button or a delete button if you feel that way. Yeah. 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 Anyway, guess what else, Vic? Guess, what else? guess. I've been constantly. I don't need to mess- guess. I've got the notes in front of me. Oh yeah, but don't, I want you to tell me anyway. Don't read it. In I've been your own constant- words. 
Okay. I've been messing with getting a decent MAME set up on my Raspberry Pi 3 and your spinny TV that you give me. Yeah. I've been digging under the hood, right, digging under the hood, and I've oh. got rid of most of the lag on it. And I've been speaking to Mr. Rich Chunkskin last night. That Chunks man in. knows his onions. He does. He knows his biscuits as well, does oh, that lad? Oh, yeah. And he, I had a, yeah, a long chat with him. Basically, I'm doing everything right, I think, really. I've, I've, I'm oh. mess, messing with the video drivers, and I've, wow. I've got... <laughs> I've got Advanced MAME, MAME for All, Final Burn Alpha, and MAME 2003 all running. So I'm messing with those th- four emulators. And using the best one for each game, yeah? Yeah. It, it oh. really varies, actually. I like this because when you've done it all, you can just send me the image. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. I like that. <laughs> that is good because I'm no good with pies. And your spinny TV that you give me. Mm-hmm. It's a monitor, actually, isn't it? Yeah, LCD it's, monitor. It's got really low lag. I've been reading up on it. It's like a five-millisecond oh, really? lag, yeah. Is that good? Yeah, it's brilliant for gaming. Oh, nice. What make is it again? I can't remember. Dell. I want it back now. No, you can't. No. Oh, good. I'm glad you're getting some use out of it, because it was just sat in the shed doing nothing. Mm. I'm going to be doing that with quite a lot of things. I keep saying this. I've got so much stuff I haven't used for such a long time. I'd rather someone had it and made some good use out of it, like you are. Yeah, and I, I won't take any money for it. You know, if I can get a bit of money, sell a few things, I'm happy. But otherwise, just give stuff away because I mean, it's doing nothing. It's it's just such a waste. So I really want to do that before long. So I'll get all those stuff together. I was look. I was tidying up in here in the hobby room where we record, and I saw a Mega Drive earlier that I, I won't use. I think I got it from a car boot center. It's like three pounds. I thought I got to buy it, and it worked. So I'll just sell it to someone. I've got some spare controllers and you know, power supply and a few cartridges and just sell it to someone for a tenner or whatever and just say, look, enjoy, have that, go on, off you go. Yeah, why just not? got to do it, got to do it. And last but by no means least, I've been to Arcade Club, I've been getting well into the two new shooters I've got there, Ketsui and Sivern. You know Sivern, the Calico I call it Sivern. Could be. Yeah, they're good, they're good. Well, Ketsui is rock hard, isn't it? It's really, really yeah. difficult. One of the most I- difficult cave shooters. It's brilliant. It gets really hard later on, but I credited mm. through them both just to see the graphics. And Sivan is just fantastic. The music, the graphics, the handling. I love it. It's really, really good. Who makes good that game. one? Is it Jalico, did you say? Canico. Canico. Okay. 1998. Cool. I'm going to check out some more Canico stuff, I think, after this. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. And what they were saying at Arcade Club, a couple of staff. It's because the downstairs is so nice now. It's got such a nice vibe. You've got all your modern stuff down there with your projector on. And mm-hmm. I think they had E3 on a big screen last night and the PCs. There's a few old school arcade cabs down there. Yeah. And then the Switch and the Mega Drive and all that lot. What a lot of people do, they, they go for the day. They play a lot upstairs, you know, in the, in the old arcade. Mm-hmm. And then they go downstairs and I've because they do a lot of food down there now, you know, like paninis and chow mein and stuff. And then they have Ooh, food nice. drinks down there and chill out towards the end of the night. And mm. he says that's that's kind of becoming a thing. So people are really making use of both the spaces there. Well, that being a thing is really good because in the future, in future, yeah, I think it's September when Play Manchester is on, which I'm going to go to this year. October. October. Sorry, yeah, my holidays in September. That's in October. I keep getting them mixed up. Sorry, but. Whitney from the Broken Token is coming over to reveal the Skyskipper, the UK reveal, there. And I messaged our mate Cayman Sweden and said, oh, Whitney's coming over from the Broken Token, because he, he sort of converses with him, with the Broken Token guy as well, quite a bit. And mm. I said, come on over, you know, be our guest, come on over, uh, go to play Manchester for the Saturday, 
see all those guys, see the Skyskipper thing, enjoy the day out. And then on Sunday, we'll do Arcade Club. Does he come in? I think he is, yeah. Excellent. So that'd be Henry really good. Come as well I don't know, yeah. Parts. Well, if, I know K-Man's listening. Bring as many mates as you like, mate. That'd be brilliant. Mm. So that'd be pretty groovy. Return the compliment of his lovely hospitality, can't we? Absolutely. We'll buy him a pie. And some chips. Oh, yes. And gravy. Oh, chips and gravy. Yes, absolutely. Is that all the stuff we've been doing? I can't think of much else. Tons of stuff. I've had a, I've had a great couple of weeks. I've also been travelling around Yorkshire with wife, looking at nice, nice little hills and villages and trees and stuff. We've just come back today. I do take the mick out of you northerners a little bit, but I've been around Yorkshire. It is beautiful. There's it's some really place. nice places in Yorkshire. That's really nice. It is really nice. Oh, <laughs> one other thing I was going to say as well, just remembered, I went in the garage the other night because I was listening to the... Pie Factory podcast, and mm. they were talking about me. Uh, Ooh, I yes. haven't heard it yet. I have not oh, got around to listening. You'll have to yet. listen. It's very, very good. It's very interesting. It's very funny. And they were saying at the end about um, they were talking about Atari cone buttons. You know the start buttons on Atari machines. Yeah, uh, Asteroids has got it. Uh, Battlezone's got it. Centipede, Pac-Mania, loads of Atari games. They used to use those. They used to make them themselves. It's the only sort of company that ever did it. And they said, oh, these, these black you know, cone buttons. Oh, Victor actually made some because he couldn't find any. I actually made some out of plastic. I worked out what thread it was and the angle and everything. I made some at work. And um, they said they weren't sure whether I had any arcade machines or not or whether I just had loads of PCBs and just you know played them on a super gun or whatever. So I sent them a message in the daytime on Twitter saying, oh, I have got arcade machines. I'll, I'll do a video tonight if I can remember. I'll put it on YouTube for you. So I went in there one night. I thought, oh, I'll do that video quick. Just a amateurish thing. I didn't even put any editing on it. Just sort of had a look with my phone and sent yeah. it on. And I, I turned all the machines on that were all running. And I just showed them each one it was. You know, sort of Phoenix there. Donkey Kong Jr. wasn't working quite well. All the all the candy cabs, all the ones on the wall, the wall mounts, all that sort of stuff. And mm. while I had all the machines on, I had a quick play round as well. Mm. So I sort of had a quick few goes on Centipede. Couldn't beat your score. Curses. <laughs> Uh, I had a quick go on Magical Spot 2, but it was very, very loud, and it was quite late at night, so I had to turn that one off. I need to turn that one yeah. down a little bit. It's really loud, that game. Uh, I just had a few games on stuff. It was really pleasant. Because nice. I was playing Phoenix, obviously, at the same time. Trying to beat my score. So, yeah, that's about it for me. Um, oh, the past so- few weeks. Okay. Next segment, please. Arcade News. We have a cool arcade blog, an article from Retro Biatch. She's not yeah. a BH. She's lovely, actually. Uh, and very, very good at the arcades. She's been around for a long, long time. This is Catherine or Cat Despira's blog. And it's on Facebook as well. So we're going to put the links up for these. Everyone should go and look at them. She is a time honoured arcade veteran. That's I've only just heard of her. Oh, really? She's been around mm. for a long time. But I just sort of, I haven't really seen much of her for a while. She's written books and done articles and, you know, all sorts of TV stuff. It's really, really good. And she is an absolute expert on the arcade. She's been around since, I think, well, around, I say. Uh, I think she's been in the arcade since the late 70s. Wow. So she's very, very knowledgeable on arcade stuff. And I, I sort of liked her Facebook page and I'm now following it. Mm. And following her blog. Very, very good. She's got some really, really cool black and white photographs of. Um, there's an in- Atari International Asteroids tournament for the 2600 in 1981. Yeah. Oh, so some of these old pictures are so good. And in black and white, they look even better, I think. Yeah. Really, yeah, really yeah. cool. So that's really cool. Mark K sent us a good link. Uh-huh. And it's called Sincere Flattery in the Early Arcade Industry. 
and it's an infographic. Oh, I do, do love me a good infographic. You do vid. love one, don't Ooh, you? Oh, I like a good infographic. So it, it's it's all it is. It's on about how the original games like Space War, Tennis for Two from Willy Higginbotham. Yes. How how they influenced each other kind of things. What they've said is. The pioneering days of video games saw a tremendous amount of innovation, but also a lot of unabashed appropriation. Designers are under pressure to, do, to develop novel experiences with unfamiliar technology in a new medium, and they often bet conservatively by tweaking a successful design. So they take Space War, turn it into Space Wars, a cinematronic thing. Mm-hmm. That becomes Lunar Lander, that becomes Asteroids, and, and so on and so on, and you get Defender and all that lot. Yeah, it's very interesting how they sort of link them together with certain mm. elements from a game carry on to another game and they bring in some new elements and then that gets copied or moved or changed. Yeah, it's really good, really good. Mm. All these links will be in our show notes. Have a look. All of them. All of them. Ah, this is a good one. This has been around for years and everyone who's got a machine wants this, I'm sure of it. This is the Pole Position Multi-PCB that someone called Adam Corchesney and Clay Cowgill have been developing for a long, long time now, and it's in prototype stages. And they are now playtesting and burning it in. All the custom chips on the pole position board, which are very difficult to replace, and they do fail quite a lot, because pole position boards are like battle zones. They never work. They've been reproduced with FGPAs. Uh, and the board plays pole position 1 and 2, both the Atari and the Namco versions of both games. Excellent. So there's a blog for that. Um, I think everyone who's got a pole position machine or pole position 2 should invest in this because it will never break down again. I'm sure people, have, have, you know, half the time the machine doesn't work because there's two huge boards. I mean, inside a pole position, there's two audio regulator boards and I think two power supplies. So it's right. uh, it's a big old thing to run, yeah, and it's prone to failure, unfortunately. But a great game, great great driving game. Yeah, one of my favourite drivers. That new stern Star Wars 40th anniversary pinball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Star Wars. It's it's a average to good film on the mm. whole. Pinball. Mm. Uh, saw the UK version on Pinball Heaven uh, preview starts at six thousand two hundred ninety-five pounds. Bargain. Ooh, that's the cheap one, not the cheap one, but that, that's the sort of lowest entry one. Oh, a lot, a of, lot money, of money, isn't it? Isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I thought of another pinball I'd like to have? You know, I like the World Cup 94 pinball. Yeah. The other one I'd really like to have is the Revenge from Mars. Oh, the pinball are you keen 2000 on that? one. Oh, it's such a funny, silly little game. I it's, really like it. It's daft. It does my eyes in playing that. And it's a very dark play field as well at the top. Yeah, I saw someone. Oh, I, think, I can't remember what it was on. I think it was a, a link from somewhere I was looking at. And someone was selling one on one of the pinball forums. I had a quick look on it. And this one had been decked out with all LEDs, so it was very bright. Right. And it looked lovely. And that, where it has that screen above and it projects down onto a mirror in the play field. It's very, very clever. And it's just, and I like the little silly wibbly wobbly aliens you've got to bash with a ball. And it's just such a daft game. I really like it. Hmm. I wouldn't mind one of those. Quite nice. We have quite a lot of links. A lot of links. A lot which of is links. which is not the underarm deodorant. No. Links deodorant is also known as Axe in America. Oh no. This is one. The Lost Arcade movie about Chinatown Fair Arcade in New York is now available. We've talked about this before. And it, it focuses more uh, the, the arcade's closed now, but it focuses more on the community spirit rather than the games, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I might try and 
watch that. It's on Vimeo On Demand and, and lots of other sites okay. at the moment. You've got to pay for it? Yeah, yeah. It's not a lot, though, I wouldn't have thought. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's about four quid. I think it's a lot to watch. If you do definitely watch it, tell mm. me, and I'll watch it as well. We'll do a little review on it. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, Robotron. Robot Ron. Should I do it's... it? Should I do it? Go on. This week in Robotron. <laughs> no way. Uh, 35 on the 1st of June. 35 mm. years old. Wow. Such I'll... an addictive, fast, hard, crazy, mental game. I've been looking into it, and it's written by Will uh, Will I Am, I think. Will, Will I, I Am's, yes. From the, from the Black Eyed Peas. You'll get a black eye in a minute, son. You're Who cheap. would have thought it? <laughs> also, from Pete Hahn, former Gamer of the Year. A great little article he put on Facebook, mm-hmm. which is an insider look into the world of competitive bullet hells. What a good read this is. Ooh. Oh, and it's got a GIF. I do like an animated GIF of bullets. You do. So check that out, kids. Another and, one you uh, missed above that. Did uh, I? A great article on Tokyo's Bizarre Arcade Games. It's on NintendoLife.com. Yes. Have a look at that, kids. It's fun. Is, is Tokyo's arcade scene really dying is the title of it. Mm. And to cut a long story short, no, it's not. I don't think it is. Um, I, I've, I've not been back there for six years now, uh, and it was pretty... Heaving when I was there, there's lots of people in there of all different ages, sexes, all playing. So, they have yeah. lots of different games to us, don't they? Like loads of stuff we don't get over here because um, the, the Japanese do like to gamble a bit. I know we do over here, but our gambling's quite mm-hmm. different. Ours is sort of more in gambling shops, but they do like these horse racing games and also football games with cards. So you put the cards on the screen and it does things with those as well. It's quite an interesting technology. I couldn't make head nor tail. I was just watching some people play it. But they love it, really getting into it. And obviously the rhythm games and the crane grabbers and the UFOs and all that sort of stuff. It's quite varied, their arcades. Yeah, and they still have the old school games. They're all in candy cows, but they're yeah. old school games. They still play. Well, some, some arcades there are old school arcades. They've even got the wooden ones. I've seen quite a few wooden cabs there as well. Have, yeah. Right. They're very, very different from our ones. They're quite smaller, but they're lovely looking things. Really, really like it. So very different to what you see in America and Europe. Very different. Mm, and one more link. This is one that Toby Nanakorn Las Vegas shared. And it's about these little arcade cafes springing up everywhere. Specialist cafes are introducing arcade games to a new generation. Yes. Little kiddies. There's one just opened in Glasgow. No, sorry, that's Edinburgh. two years old, that one. Edinburgh, yeah, the one yes. in Edinburgh just opened. Oh, I'm going Glasgow next week. I'm going to go to that. Megabytes. Oh, nice. Tell definitely. me what's Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, I definitely have to go to that. And apparently, in this post... There is one in, where is it? Portsmouth or somewhere like that. Yes. Have a look. Um, we've got some friends in Portsmouth. So next time we go down there, I want to nip in. Is it Portsmouth? I've lost the link now. Yes, I did see that same Portsmouth yeah. earlier. Right, brilliant. Nice one. And that one in, in uh, it's Edinburgh, the Kobo, which yeah. is like a sort of uh, cake shop come coffee shop, and it's got three candies in there. Mm. Very promising. More of that, please, everyone. Yes. More of that, please. Arcade pickups. Right, the first thing I got, uh, um, I put a shout-out on Twitter, and the, the Twitterizers, which are brilliant, lovely people, uh, I wanted a mini SD card adapter. Not a micro, not a normal SD, a mini. Mm-hmm. It's a really weird one that didn't, was very short-lived. And I got this weird super card for my Game Boy Advance, and mm-hmm. it takes mini SD cards. And I couldn't read it, because I don't have anything to, to adapt it to, listen, to, to play in my card reader, because it only takes SD 
micro and normal SD. Mm-hmm. So I put a, a watch out saying, oh, has anyone got one of these or can point me in the direction of one? Because I couldn't find one anywhere. And someone called at ZX Spectrom uh, sent me one. So thank you very much to him. Uh, but check out his DIY 8-bit computer kit on Semak the Monkey Tindy Store. I'll put a link in the notes for this. This guy has created an 8-bit computer from circuit boards. just made it up himself. And you can add little bits. You can add sound cards to it and extra bits and extra storage. It all goes on uh, a sort of circuit board that you make yourself. It's like a kit form. And it wow. runs, I think it runs MS Basic, Microsoft Basic from like 1979. Yeah. It's done, it's done wow. some um, interesting little demos. I watched a video because uh, a sound card's been developed for it. And there's some really cool sounds coming out of it as well. So it uses the same AY chip as Scramble and the Spectrum 128 and stuff like that. So oh, it's really interesting. Decent, so, yeah, if anyone's in tink- into tinkering into 8-bit computers, check that out, and the link's really, really good. Bobby Idod, uh, I sent him an arcade spinner, an, Ar- an Arkanoid one, because he's uh, he's got an Arkanoid board and wants to make a little game out of it. And he sent me some worn-out DSs to make that GBA micro I was talking about, macro I was talking about earlier. Right. Uh, I do like the blue metallic bubbly bags he sends stuff in. Where does he get them from? They're like these little foamy, bubbly, bubble wrap bags, but they're blue and and metallic-looking things. He always sends me stuff in them. I love them. You must have a job lot of them from somewhere. Are they big enough to put on your hands and pretend they're mittens? Yeah. Oh, oh, send me some, Vic. I'm going to do that. I want some blue mittens. I also, from him, got a ColecoVision Mateos 192-in-1 cartridge because I sent him my spare ColecoVision because he's broken his. He broke it. Oh. He broke it, so I sent him a ColecoVision, and I don't need two of them. This is the thing, I'm giving stuff away again. You know I mean? I said, he said, how much do you want for it? I said, don't want anything for it, but have you got an extra cart? And he went, yeah, yeah, I have. Sent me the cart, lovely. Sorted, everyone's happy. You're minimising, aren't you? I am, yeah. Uh, I might even get rid of the other ColecoVision. I'll play it for a while, because I have actually got a ColecoVision flashback as well. And I can right. emulate it on my pies. So I'm thinking I'm mm. going to go that way. So many things, such little time to play them. So many things. I just stick to arcade games, as you know now. Absolutely. But I do like playing the other ones now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I got some bits from Naomi, from from the man, Rich Chunkskin. Is she all right? Yes, she's Naomi. lovely. Mm. Uh, more about those in the shout-outs. Oh. Uh, a Wii console controller for using on my Mini NES, I said about earlier yeah. as well. That's quite good. That's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, you haven't got any, have you? Yeah, got what? two. What? Go I've on. got some... Ben and Jerry's strawberry swirled ice cream. Oh, oh my OMG, it's nice. It yes. really is lovely. I bought some it's... nice coffee ice cream the other day. Mm. Oh, I'm not. A coffee and ice cream don't go. It's oh, too yeah, they cold. do. Too cold. You, you, you prefer hot coffee? Yeah. Cold coffee is just strange. No, I like, like it. Like iced tea is even worse than normal tea. Do you know what's better than, than that? Tea flavoured oh. ice cream. Does that exist? Yeah, you get green tea ice cream in Japan. Oh, no, what is wrong with me? <laughs> you wouldn't like that, would you? Or guess what else I've got, Vic? Uh, IPA? IPA. That's beer. It's my quest for the best IPA in the country. Indian Pale Ale. I'm not a fan myself. I think it's too... It tastes like washing up liquid. It's too flowery for me. I don't like it. <laughs> that one we were trying at Revival wasn't an IPA. That's no, how much I know. It was a wheat beer. I thought that because it's quite a pale colour, isn't it? And I quite liked it, and I don't like IPA. So, yeah, you were wrong, you daft. Food. I know, I don't know anything about it. But I am 
putting a lot, lot of effort into drinking as much oh, IPA yeah. as I can. I haven't made any effort <laughs> in drinking lately. I had, I went out last night to a, a goth nightclub thing with a uh, wife and some friends, and I just had a few rum and cokes. I'm trying not to drink too much, and uh, it was fine. wasn't silly at all. Very sensible. I only had a few nice. drinks. That was it. That's it. I'm not drinking much anymore. I had enough of it. What <laughs> What's the goth nightclub called? Reptile. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. It was actually it was really good. It had some weird things. Because they played some music. It was a band on first, which you sort of heard, and they were quite good. You know, sort of Sister Mercy type sounding thing, drum machine, all that sort of thing. I quite like. And then they went off, and so they played some music. The DJs played some music. There were some films playing in the background. I think that's Sin City playing in the background just silently while the music was on. And then these weird... It's a weird sort of interpretive dance act came on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was sort of looking at it in bewonderment, going, what are they doing? And then that was that, and there was some more music. And then some fire-breathing woman came on. It's like, you don't need this at a club. You just need music and talking and dancing, maybe. Mm. It was a bit odd, but yeah, it was fun. It was good. Did she burn any curtains or anything? No. Luckily, there's no, no curtains around. Good. And I did. Good. I did actually see a man in a high vis vest come in at one point. <laughs> I think he was a security guy, but I thought, oh, he's going to bring in a bucket of sand in a minute just in case. Mm. So it was that. That was good, though. It was good. Arcade Victorian insults. Good morrow. I'm Finbar Goodbridge. <laughs> Morrow indeed. My name is Humphrey Teddington Tripound, and we are the... Get these old geezers out of the way, George. <laughs> yeah, get your titfers on your lives and get out of your slakes. I, I say, who are you cocking your gutter snipes? We'd better leave, Finbar. I'm a fear of these London ne'er-do-wells. I'm gorgeous, Dave, and me china plate George is just removing his old toilets out of the roof rack. He's a bit radio rentless, old George. No messing with him. Getcha. It's our turn to have a butchers at some of these here podcasts. First one up. Broken tote. A pair of septic tanks going on about Geo7s and screwdrivers and all that malarkey. Mince pie factory. I ain't antiseptic or nothing, but these geezers take the biscuit. RGDS. A proper balmy guitar platters there. Giving it large on plectrums and dying the doors. Another one is Maximum Flared Up, out of their bacons on Nintendos and that Super Play rag. And the worst one of the lot are these pair of Ampnil Wicks from the 2 Bob Arcade podcast. Yeah, they don't half talk a lot of Jackson Pollocks, they take the R for a bit. Come on, George, let's go up to the Nags Head Rubber Dub for a few pints of Yuri Geller before closing time. Kushti. What a load of bleeding rubbish. Let's go down the strand. Listener feedback. Well, this is my fault. We missed a road fighter score submission from Christopher Miller of 133,240. Sorry, dude. And he also sent us this link, actually, which we could have put in the Arcade News because it's Arcade Links this week. But oh, it's I saw a- this one. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Japanese Video Game Preservation Society, a French guy and a Japanese surgeon, are archiving tons of video games, ar- arcade and computer. And they're even repairing a deco cassette system. Good luck with that. Did you watch all of this? I actually stayed I up late and watched all of it. It's really, really interesting. This is um, it's this French guy, so quite a young-looking guy, uh, and there was uh, an older Japanese guy, and they had a, a, a really old Japanese collector on there. And I think he might have been an arcade operator in the past in Japan. And he had tons and tons of arcade stuff. I mean, amazing stuff. Mm. And the French guy could speak fluent French, 
English and Japanese. So well done him for a start. Mm. And he was into repairing stuff on on a level of actually taking mechanical bits completely apart. You know, doing the new rubbers, the new rollers on these and these cassette tapes. This tiny little cassette. Remember these de- deco things. Mm. And they're actually getting games to work again. And they were getting the data off, like bit by bit, meticulously, to put in MAME and stuff and, and archive it, because these things won't last forever. And the guy who they borrowed this game off of, I think it was a game called Tower, which yeah. looked very, very similar to Crazy Climber. Right. And I had a guy playing it afterwards. He actually managed to get it loaded and work, and they were playing it. And um, the guy had, in these little sort of cassette boxes, all the cassette deco games in these little cassettes really really nice collection i mean some people over here would kill for that collection and Mm. it's a really really interesting article it's not just arcade games they do arcade games as well and it's tons of stuff lying around all these it's basically a laboratory they're doing it in it's all like clean stuff but they do um japanese computers as well as well as console games so we're doing like the the oh the msx computers and the sharp 8080 and the 1890 and the 98 and all those odds computers we never got over here, which are really good for the games. And mm. they were just getting games, like cassette games, have never been seen since like the early 80s. You know, they never archived, they're quite rare, some of them. Really, really interesting. So have a look at that in the show notes. Really good. Excellent. And you can also link to some other stuff they're doing as well, which is equally as interesting. Mm. Got some feedback from Mark K. Hi, guys. I haven't written for a while, but just thought I'd drop you a note to say how much I'm still enjoying the show. Couldn't make it to Revival this year, but hopefully I'll be at NERG to provide another supply of biscuits. Oof, oof, yes, oof. Get yes, in please. the biscuits. <laughs> I've just listened to the Centipede episode, and I, I, it reminded me that I wrote the Game Boy version back in about 1991, and I believe I'm correct in saying that it was the only version ever to provide simultaneous two-player action via the link cable Ooh. that you can get. I may have played that. Did, did, it come with, did it come with another game like Gallagher? Was it a two-pack thing on the Game Boy? I don't know, actually. I don't think I've played it, but it sounds oh, it's quite good. Our listeners are such clever things, aren't they? Yeah. That's brilliant. Actual Game Boy program. Brilliant. So he's put, if you ever fancy a bit of a shoot-off and a new twist to the game, I can believe you. Can, I believe you can get a Game Boy emulator that lets you emulate the old link cables. VBA, I think it's called. Anyway, thanks again for the entertainment. I hope to see Sean or both of you again at Arcade Club one Saturday soon. I'll tell you what, never mind emulation. We could go to one of the shows like Revival or Nerg or whatever or play and actually buy a Game Boy Link cable and a cartridge and play each other properly. Mm. That'd be quite because those games are quite cheap nowadays. They're, they're pennies for Game Boy games because people reproduce them as well and mm. they're not very much money at all. Oh, yeah, excellent. Really good. How, how long's the cable though? Because we're like 250 miles apart. What we'll 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 do is we'll get about 500 and just link them all together. <laughs> yeah, what's that Four. on the M6? It's all right. It's just a link cable. It's a link cable. Don't knock it off. Chris Binary Star. Love that game. And he's talking about Upoko. One of Cave Interactant Companies Limited. Best ever. Never understood why they haven't released a mobile phone version. It's a perfect game for the platform. More about that later in the feedback. Mm, Peter K-Man, K-Man, Peter Cosmic Cat. Cosmic Cat K-Man. I'm call him now, Cosmic Cat. 10p score pro tips. In Upoko, you can actually let off the plunger without firing the ball. Now, you kind of pull down and move to the left, apparently. Yeah, he didn't tell us that while we were playing it, did he? No. Mm. And, and okay. Chris Mooncrested Bootleg was having a mess with this, and you can actually position the plunger exactly where you want it before you let it go. No way. Yeah, you can. I didn't know that. 
Mm. I did not know that. It's not going to make me play it again, I'm afraid. I quite like the game, actually. It's good. Uh, Kingy from RGDS. Another class episode, gents. You guys are the more common wise of retro podcasting for sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll take that. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Tagster, very cool. Great great podcast, you two. Laughing at the music quiz. Sean's as bad as me at it. I was screaming, yeah, kung fu. Uh, Tony Temple. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. It got me through an afternoon of PowerPoint hell today at work. Oh, oh I just I hate pointing at powers, do you? Oh, I do. Look, there's a Mr. power D- over there. Power there. Yeah. Oh, bored of this now. God, yeah. Dave Flinster. Loved it. I had to listen in a few goes, given how much stuff was crammed into this one. It was great to meet everyone in person for the first time at Revival 2. Cheers for the shout-outs and mentions and love for my little Wonder Boy cab. Ooh, yeah. Apologies to, to Vic for only taking a game he doesn't like to Revival. <laughs> Hopefully Sky Kid on co-op mode using one of his two-player panels on the next one. Wink, wink. Well, Ooh. I don't much like Wonder Boy, but I absolutely loved seeing his cab. So don't worry about that, Dave. You made a top-notch job of that cabinet. It's really, really lovely. Lovely looking thing. Do you know there was there is other Wonder Boy games and there's there's a new one just been released, but I think the first one I don't think they ever beat the first one. I just love it. Do you know what? This is a bit of a weird one. I was actually playing a game on the Nest Mini the other day, uh, Adventure Island. Mm-hmm. Which is the sort of break off from Wonder Boy. Because Wonder Boy was yeah. made by Sega and I think is it Sunsoft did Adventure Island? Could be. I prefer that one, but it's basically the same game. Just with different graphics. Mm. Yeah, they are good games. You've got to admit, they are very, very good games. Bjorn Weeberg. Lots of Ubik love from Victor. As long as you get proper controller and a fitting monitor placed underneath, the arcade software can be much run pretty much on any PC with an ATI Radeon HD graphics card. That mm. is good to know. Thank you, Bjorn. Mm. Rob mm. Player Missile, have you heard... Oh, he's heard me mentioned about the RetroPie wanted to boot into MAME. You can edit this an options file to run whatever you want. I, I know a lot more about it now than I did two weeks ago, so I'm, I'm just leaving it booting into RetroPie because I've got four versions of MAME I'm messing with at the minute. Yeah, but you can sort that out, can't you? Yeah, yes. Yeah, you're doing and well because, there, mate. And because I've got a Linux PC now, yeah, I can just take the memory card out of the Pi and plug oh, it yeah, in. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what you're doing with Linux, here. don't you? Yeah, and it's much easier to edit files and that on a laptop than it is on the, the command line. You don't, on the you don't got to mess around point. with SSH and all that sort of stuff, have you? Yeah, it's, oh, it's, that it's is good. brilliant. This is from Henrik, our friend Henrik in Stockholm. Upoko was released on mobile phones back in 2002. See top left corner of this picture. There is some version for some vintage mobile phones, and there it is. It would yeah, make it, it, we knew it'd make a good mobile phone game. Thank you. I wonder what? Phone mobiles were out in 2002. Must have been very basic screen, not touch screen. And I don't know, but they're quite colourful games, aren't they? They look pretty good. There's mm. loads of them on there, all cave shooters and stuff. Mm. Mm, interesting. Right, this next bit. Has Roly Retro started a thing? Yes, I and think I've, he has. In, I've titled it End of Level Game Celebrations. So he put, Is it just me? Or does everyone do a little celebratory shield activation at the end of every level of Phoenix? No, just I you, really. So you, you jump at the end of a section on Moon Patrol. Yeah, I jump and then the, the level freezes and you get your bonus points. I'm just, I've got to be at the pinnacle of the jump. That's I feel disappointed when, it, when the screen freezes. Okay. Mark K's put, jump in as you get the last rivet on Donkey Kong. That's yep. his end of level celebration. Uh, me, uh, I always jump at the end of tur- uh, at the end of the hurdles on track and field. 
and on Scramble, I like to smoosh my rocket ship straight into a building after shooting the baddie base. That's good, that ain't it? Yes, yeah, smoosh it. Quite satisfying. Tankster, pushing up when getting the key for the nice catch on Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Chris Simpy, he jumps through the door to the fairy garden at the end of Packland levels, even though there's no bonus for doing so, just like the other doors. Mmm. And Tronads, it also does the rivet thing on Donkey Kong and tries to make it, make it look like Jumpman has landed on one knee. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> and also, he's put spinning the arm around as fast as you can when Tron escapes up the tower on the grid bugs level. I know what he means. Also on Tron, pushing into the diamond after killing the last tank and trying to make it back again before the music ends. <laughs> These are all pointless, but Tactical great. genius. Uh, Paperboy skidding to the far right because skidding to a stop looks cool and you can activate a cheat if you do it right. Didn't know that. Ew. Charlie Farr, Galaxian, firing a shot at the end of a wave just before the next wave appears to kill an enemy from an upper... I do that quite a lot. I do. You just get one quick kill in before it even starts. And scramble his foot. I always try to bomb the base at the end, even though it's impossible. What's all that about? <laughs> we all appear to be suffering from chronic insequential gameplay syndrome. If untreated, it can lead to arcade hand. Oh, my goodness. And Neil 20 to 5, this is the last one. Every time I loop Ghosts and Goblins, I do my own little dance. He doesn't loop Ghosts and Goblins. That's a lie. No. Uh, Andrew Driver's telling you Blue Moon's a wheat beer, you fool. Obviously, you've had a few and you couldn't read properly. I know. That was a fantastic evening, man. It was good enough. Yeah, it was good fun. I was so mucking around. Stacey King sent us a photo of Space Invaders Frenzy in Minehead. Cool. Nice to see them out on the shop floors. Yeah, it's gun. It's a gun game, isn't it? You've got kind of a a machine gun that you aim at the screen, haven't you? It reminds me of Space Invaders crossed with Missile Command. Right. You've got like a crosshair and you shoot the aliens. It gets really fast, though. It goes crazy. Kingy, again, thanks to Sean and Victor for the heads up on the Tetris documentary, Ecstasy of Order. Wish it was Tempest, though. Ooh. I'm sure they do a Tempest one before long. So this one was from Equites, Nad. Uh, hi, Victor and Sean. For some reason, I've only just started listening to your podcast, and I find them informative and entertaining. I'm not around much in the arcade scene at the moment due to personal reasons, and have had to sell most of my cab collection, including Star Wars, US Robotron, Tempest, Asteroids, Astro Blaster, Gravatar, Pac-Man Defender, Invaders Revenge, and Lunar Lander. Thankfully, all these have stayed in the community, so not so painful. At least one of those is now an arcade club. Can you guess which? Anyway, just wanted to say hi, and hope you see you guys at a venue soon. Regards, Nad. I think it's Gravatar. Might be, yeah. Mm. Neil, 20 to 5. Hi, guys. Wow, what a great episode. So much covered. Here's my highlights. Tetris film. Looks good, and we'll download and watch soon. Pie to Gemma. I am liking my setup more and more each time I play, but it does have some faults and teething issues. I intend to write up my experience on my blog very soon. Good blog, kids. Check it's that out. very good, yeah. Talking of which, thanks again for the shout-out, although learning that Vic chooses to read my, read my ramblings while soaking, presumably naked, in a lush-filled glitter-bomb bath is slightly disconcerting. Great to hear Revival went well, one that I couldn't make, but it also kicks off this year's events, which means the rest are soon to follow. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yes, they are. He didn't do that, whoop, whoop, but I did that. Yes. Some good games mentioned too. Packland, fond memories of discovering this game in an arcade way up north in Dunoon. 
as a wee nipper back in the day. Ice Cold Beer, I've heard a lot about this and hope to play it on, in some of the events this year. Wonderboy, a game I loved as a kid and still do today, and one that I intend to put some serious time into one day. Also, I like the new sound bites that split up the sections and the ever-correcting robot still makes me laugh. Oh, and great Victorian insults too. So much stuff, guys. I'm off to play my mini Ness, which at last, Vic can too. Mr. 20 to 5. Yes. And this is the last one. Uh, Steve Dixon, I hope you enjoyed the biscuits I gave you. Yes, we did, Steve. Thank you very much for those. Thank you. I've not eaten the dark chocolate digestives yet. I had the last hobnob the other day. It was all soft and lovely. Oh, one thing we got we should have mentioned earlier, actually. At the end of... No, start of next month, July, we have Nerg to go to. Yes. I emailed Big Phil the other day asking if he'd like to, to, to promote it at all. Uh, and he said, there's so much stuff coming. He's going to send me a list of all the things that's going to be new there. Uh, it's the five-year anniversary of Nerg. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully another five years to come, and five years after that, and five years after that. Five years after that. Mm. So, yeah, Nerg is a big one. It's one we really enjoy. I can't wait to get there again. They see all our uh, extra northern mates who can make it to Revival. Yeah. Uh, like the Maxim Power-Up guys and stuff like that. So, I can't wait for that one. I'm really looking forward to Nerg, as I always do. Really, really yep. good weekend. I've been to everyone. I think I missed one. Mm. I've been to all the rest, and it's been—it's really, and it's so far away. But if you just jump on the the Virgin train, uh, King's Cross, it's two and three quarter hours from London, straight there. It's got a really fast train, really good. It just do it. It makes sense. Do it. Stay over. Have a weekend of it. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Can't wait. Uh, should be taking should be taking Sky Cursor with me, which you've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we can get it updated because the update is coming very very soon if not out already and mm-hmm. we could we'll get it updated for nerd so we can play it there i still haven't done all three levels you know in one go no i couldn't either it's, it gets quite difficult so i yeah. think i can it's just like street slinging it all together and doing it in one game yeah more practice required you've got to remember some stuff haven't you yeah, yeah. as well as well as trying to get all the, the high scores and the chains going as well it's quite a when you play it properly it's quite a complicated game isn't it it's got a lot of depth to it <laughs> Yeah, free shooter it is, yeah. Mm. So, Nerg, everyone, get your tickets, get there now. Oh, no, yes. don't get there now, get there at the start of July. Yes. Day better. after my birthday as well. So it'll be a weekend for my birthday. It's going to be really good. I can't wait. What do you want for your birthday? Do you want some wheat beer? No. Buy me a pie or something. A pie? A pie. Yeah. I like a pie. A raspberry pie or yeah. a real It's physical. my birthday on the Friday the 30th. And then I'm heading up to Nerg on July the 1st. And I'll see you about lunchtime. You're going to be a little bit late getting there, aren't you? Yeah, I will be a bit late this year, but... Stupid work's in the way. Work things I have mm. to do. Rubbish. Rubbish. I'll have a pint of wheat beer waiting for you then. <laughs> shout out. Right, first shout out to Alex, who is still in Kentucky. Oh, no, he's in Atlanta at the moment. He was in Kentucky in a good US and A. Uh, also for Brent and Whitney, looking after him over there while revealing Skyskipper. He met John Jacobson the other day, Black Dog 7. Yeah. So they, they did a sort of um, a video of looking around the arcade part of the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, which yeah. was quite interesting. Some nice cabs there as well. I think John's got most of them as well. He's got a big collection. Uh, also, Alex has done a video of Whitney's Game Room for his Game mm. Room tour. But I haven't seen that yet. I'm going to save that one for the bath, I think. As There's I also do. another video of him on stage talking to a crowd about Skyskipper with Whitney, Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, and John Jacobson, yeah? Nice one. I'm looking forward to those, actually. I've just got time to watch the damn things. That'd be mm. interesting. 
Janet Ashawn and Jimmy G for being good sports, but me make fun of their accents a little bit. I insinuated he sounds a bit like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> That's his laugh as well. Also, well done, sincerely well done to Sean for getting an arcade score on of two hundred over two hundred thousand points and centipede. That's Charlie Far level, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, you got over two hundred thousand on centipede. He's, That's got, he's, he's done it arcade for arcade as well. And also Jim, who who says he's not very good at games, he's a liar. He got over one hundred thirty thousand points on Black Widow, so he's on arcade records as well. God, what level is that? That's got to be like level twenty. No idea, mate. I mean, I love Black Widow, but I'm no good at it. It's quite a hard game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to over two hundred thousand points on Centipede is crazy stuff. That's really good. He's had Duke Dang help him though. He's been giving him um, tactics and watching him play. And Duke mm-hmm. is is a over eight hundred thousand point player on Centipede. So absolute wizards on that. So well done, you guys, for playing really well. Sneaky horses. They are. When, when you say help, do you mean Duke Dang's just played it and then Sean's put his yeah, name in the high school table? Sort of, no, no, he's given him some tactics like doing up, up the tunnel up the middle of this, the um, mushrooms and stuff, which I still can't seem to do. Mm. I, I do like, like that game, but I'm rubbish at it. I like tactics, but I prefer tic tacs. Absolutely. <laughs> For our American listeners, they're a minty sweet. Yes. Yeah, Dark Horse is them too, at games. Mm. Uh, another one, as usual. Top banana bloke, Rich Gregory, sending me some ancient PC RAM and a universal BIOS for my Naomi motherboard. I haven't had time to check it out then. It's depressing. I've had no time over this weekend to do it. But I can then play Rhythm Tengoku, which I've been wanting to play since we were in Stockholm. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much for that. You'll get there. You'll get there in the end. I'm going to give a shout out to internetarchive.org, would you believe? Oh, yeah. They're brilliant. Ravi from the Retro Hour. Yeah, he put a little link on his Facebook page to Tosec. Have you heard of Tosec? I have. Yeah, the old school emulator centre. I think it stands for. Yes, and it's a collection of verified working ROMs, and they they do it for every single emulated system. Oh, that's interesting. So there's all these ROMs. All of them are catalogued, and they're on the Internet Archive. Absolutely. Bless them for doing that. Yeah, and that's where I've got all my MAME ROMs from as well, because they catalogue old MAME sets. Yeah. Kevin Savitz from Antic, the Atari podcast, 8-bit podcast, who I've met before, he's a lovely guy, uh, he does a lot of work for Internet Archive. So, uh, yeah, well done to everyone who puts all their efforts into archiving this stuff that could be lost forever. They're doing a really good job there. Yeah, I'd like to look through at the magazine scans I've got on there. And I was looking at one the other day. I'd completely forgotten about this magazine from the 80s. It only ran for a couple of years. It's called Personal Computer Games. Yeah. And that was a really good one. Kind of not as anarchic as Zap64, but I always really used to enjoy that one. So I'm flicking through that. And actually remember like some of the advertisements and that in it. Yeah, you shouldn't do that, you know, mate, because you will fall down a rabbit hole and you'll be yeah. there for a week. You'll, oh. you'll sort of link to other stuff. Oh, I remember that. I remember this. And you'll be there for hours on end. And you won't get anything done like me. Well, that's what's happened doing this RGDS podcast, you know, that you've got 25 games to research. And then you you look at one and you start going off on YouTube and that. And before know, you know it, I know. A, a whole evening's gone and you've just done a, about two lines of notes on Night Law. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun, though, isn't it? It's a lot of fun doing it's the brilliant. research, especially for yeah. the old stuff. I really enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's excellent. 
I'm going to give a shout out to a guy on the UK VAC forum, Kaizen088, for his Atari Pong. Can I scratch, get him on this shout out as well? Scratch build project. The attention to detail that he's going to is absolutely amazing. He's going to get one of these. Everyone is following what he's doing. He's, yeah. he's built a little tiny one, hasn't he? A little tiny sort of half-size Pong machine, is it? Yeah, that's his first one. He's actually going to make quite a few big ones. And yeah. he's actually made his own hardware for it. I don't mean just the wood. He's actually yeah. made Pong on, a, on a, a strip board. Yeah. And I actually bought some strip board yesterday because I'm going to make one as well. Because <laughs> my little Pong cube, I think I said last time we spoke, I'm giving that to Phil Murray. Because he's always mm. admired it, and he kept saying to me, oh, I want your Pong Cube, I want your Pong Cube, sell me your Pong Cube. And the other week, I went around to see him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I'll tell you what, do my thing of getting rid of stuff. If you love it, give it away. I said, you can have it. Because he's helped mm. me out no end with projects and you know fixing stuff for me and helping me out. So you can have it. I'm going to give it to him. Just make sure and test it, make sure it still works, and you can have that. But what I might do is make another Pong machine. I don't know what what sort of... I'm going to do with it yet, but I'm going to make the actual, because that one in there has got a an old Pong home console cut down inside it. But I'm going to make right. this one that um, Kaizen 088 has done himself. Absolutely excellent yeah. work. It's really nice. I put my Pong cube on there as well, which he, he quite liked. So yeah, it's a really good little project come together. Brilliant. One last shout out to me for me, and it's for Dan Smash for doing the Five Things Arcade Club videos. If you, if you haven't seen them, they're little five minute videos, and he gets a game like Robotron, Frogger, that kind of thing, uh-huh. Gradius, and just talks about them for five minutes. Five really interesting facts. Little little bit of footage of it playing. Cool. Little sound bites. Little bit of promotion for Arcade Club. Excellent. Can we put the link to that on our show notes? Yes, we can. Indeed. Are you one of the things? <laughs> what, five things at Arcade Club? You are one of the five things at Arcade Club. If you go to Arcade Club, you'll be there. You can be classed as one of the things. I only go every weekend where I'm not somewhere else. That doesn't make sense, does it? Actually, it makes more sense than it should do. It makes more sense than you usually do. Yes. <laughs> Tech Tips. Right, first one on the top, the tech tips, is going to be me first, then you. I haven't, right. read, I haven't read your nonsense, I mean your notes yet. Yes. Um, but the first one is an errata from last week's, last two weeks tech tips. About how Can to we do it? About, about Eproms. Can I we was... do Addenda and Errata? Addenda and Errata. Addenda and Your phone's just fell on the floor. Ah. <laughs> 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 so that's what happens when you nick other people's things and you drop your phone on the floor. Oh, it's not smashed, is it? No, it's all right. Oh. Um, the last time we spoke, I was, of course, talking about EPROMs, mm. erasable read-only memory, and not EPROMs, electrically erasable read-only memory. EPROMs are erased by the programmer, not the UV light, like I was explaining. I won't say the next bit. It's got swear words in it. But thank you to Trollnads for pointing that out. And also, Bobby Idod, the windows on the Eproms aren't glass. Apparently, there's some kind of crystal. Right. So, yeah, he's he's a technical lad, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah bit of a mistake good. there. Sorry about that. Right. I'm going to do a tech tip. It's not going to be a stupid one, actually. It's a gaming tech tip because I don't know anything about hardware, as oh, you know. Okay. Now, this is a bluffer's guide to vertically scrolling shoot 'em ups. Oh. A bluffer's guide. 
These are tips for the first time or first couple of times you've played a particular shoot 'em up and you want to impress your friends because they think you're good at games. Mm. These tips should quickly get you through the first levels of any shoot 'em up. Right, you ready? Yeah. If you have a choice of character, pick the default one. He's usually a good all rounder. When the game starts, have a quick mess with the buttons. Does the fire button have a sustained fire or auto fire option? It's also worth using one of your bombs to see what it does. And is there a button three? Ah, yeah. Next one. Attack is the best form of defense. Don't leave anything on the screen for a second more than you need to. When you start to learn the mechanics and attack patterns, then you can start chaining stuff and building up your multipliers, etc. Do not stay still. Move around a hell of a lot until you learn how the game throws bullets at you. Some games, like Bullet Hells, do reward tiny incremental movements, but on others, like early Rydens, you need to be dodging around a lot as the bullets spit out extremely fast and are difficult to avoid at close quarters. When fighting, EOL bosses... What's an EOL boss? End of level. Yes! I love my acronyms. I find it's best to stay directly under the middle of the craft at the bottom of the screen and not get bulleted into the corners of the screen until you learn its attack patterns. If the baddie has a cannon, a lot of baddies have cannons. It usually has a short power-up time before it fires, and this is a graphic. A lot of them do this. Watch for that and move slightly to the left or right of the cannon path. Discover the boundaries of your hitbox. Discover your boundaries. You will, fi- <laughs> you will find this out by dying a lot. Yes. Stay in the bottom third of the screen until you know what you can get away with. And for a start, pick up all power-ups. Some will be good, some you won't like. But remember the ones that suit your gameplay style and stick with those until you are familiar with the mechanics of the game. Speed-up power-ups can be a boon or a bugbear. Not a, not a normal bear, a bugbear. What is a bugbear? I have to find that out. Collect them all until you discover the best speed for your gameplay style. Sometimes you get far too many and you just crash. Only get one on Gradius. Any more than that, you, you're going like a flicky, fritty thing. Yeah. Initially, focus your concentration on the immediate play area around your craft and dodging the bullets and enemies in that area. This area is different for all players, I think. You won't have time to drink in the pretty graphics until you are more familiar with the games. Just concentrate on that area. Mm -hmm. Anything outside, don't matter. Don't be stingy with using your special weapons. Until you learn when to use them to maximum effect, fire them whenever they are powered up or available. A great example of this is Terra Cresta. You get so many formation power-ups in that game that it is almost, it is almost possible to run through the whole game with one in use at all time. Makes the game so much easier. Don't use continues until you are familiar with the first couple of levels, but when you have a bit of spare time, credit through the whole game. This will give you an idea of the pace of the game and what's in store on later levels. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you may want to go for a 1cc on this game once you've finished impressing your friends. Obviously, obvious advice here, practice, learn your attack patterns, and use save states to continually, <gasps> to continually practice later levels. If you're on MAME, instead of continually trawling through the early stages that you can breeze through, just mm. saves time, it does. Yeah. Also a good idea, watch someone else play it first. Yes. Or so that's a bluffer's guide. YouTube is good for that as well. Because mm. obviously they have um, playthroughs and, and world record attempts. You can sort of see how we look at their tactics as well. Do you know what? I'm quite impressed. That's good, good information, that is. Do you like it? Well done, sir. Mm, it's, on, it's on the back of my cornflakes packet. <laughs> yes. Top 100 Arcade Games. 
Right, this is our top 100 games we're sort of going through. We're going to talk about talk about five of them and then sort of focus in on one that we particularly remember fondly. So okay. your next five are... Da, 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 da. Wonder Boy, we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Pleiades or Pleiades. Yes. A great Phoenix sequel, as I always thought, but it's not. It's a completely different manufacturer, not we think. Mm. Commando, which we'll talk about later. The 1985 one, not the earlier one. Juno First, mm. which is such a great shoot 'em up. And Star Wars Cockpit Environmental Sit Downy Thingy. Yes. So which one of those do you particularly want to talk about at the minute? Star Wars, I think. Oh, go on then. Yeah, it's just... I, not many games I get that nostalgic feel for, really. But Star Wars, I do. So I still get that thrill of the, the voices and use the Force and all that a lot from playing it in 1984, 1985, whenever I played it. Mm-hmm. I've only recently managed to like do level three you know the hard level now i can get to about level six ish but Mm. i'm still not very good at it but it's just it's a joy to play it's such a good feel the yoke and the control is perfect and i still play at arcade club not all the time i'd say once out of about every three visits i ever go yeah the thing with star wars it's it's usually on everyone's um holy grail list isn't it to have a star wars sit down cab yeah, and that's why the price of these things is astronomical nowadays, especially in this country. And they're find getting harder to find. I wouldn't go that far to say it was my holy grail, but I do like it. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I do like about it, uh, especially on the the first sort of two, the easy and the intermediate levels, is you can actually loop the game quite easily. And it's got a good feeling when you blow up the Death Star. So even as a kid, I could do the game and see all the you know the different levels in it, which is quite mm-hmm. good. I think it's not. It wasn't too hard. You just didn't ever play it again. It was good. It was nice and easy game to start with, and it got hard later on. But yeah. some people can just loop it and loop it and loop it and keep living it forever, can't they? Yeah. But the actual game, do you still fit in it okay? <laughs> just about. Because they're a lot yeah. smaller than you remember, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, pole position is as well. Yeah. Right. My next five are Street Fighter Three Third Strike, which I continually say is the best Street Fighter, just because the style I like personally. Uh, Kung Fu Master, always a favourite. Karate Chimp. Ooh. It's like Karate Chimp with monkeys. No, Karate Champ. Karate Champ, the two joystick game. Uh, Donkey Kong, obviously. Donkey Kong Jr., obviously. Uh, so those five, the next one, the one I want to sort of talk about in depth is probably Kung Fu Master. Now, we mm. covered this a while back, didn't we? Yes. And we both beat Mr. Tronads. Yes. Which I will always say about. Uh, Kung Fu Master is a game I played as a kid. Uh, a friend of mine at school, Lee Carpenter, was good at games, and he could complete it in the arcade. And I, I was always sort of watching him, and he was always really good at it, and I could never, ever do it. And I never did it until not that long... No, I did it not before, just before we, we talked about it, didn't I? And now I can yeah. do it nearly every time. It's quite easy to do nowadays. But that game took so long for me to learn how to play it properly... And level two still gets me with the, mm. the magician, the wizard guy. Oh, he's so tough. The hunchback yeah. wizard. Oh, God. You can either do him in two seconds or you'll get killed. So mm. that game. And then, and then learning how to do the, the point pressing routine that the level, the level two is where you hit all the, the projectiles coming at you and it's, you get loads of points for it. I think it's a lot, quite fun playing it like that. And it I is. Even, I even like, like the NES version as well, which is the same game but not as good. It's a bit cheap. Uh, and even that's quite a good little game. And I do like Kung Fu Master, and I like the cab it comes in. I've actually got an original board of it, uh, and I like the fact that someone put your head on it as well and made Sean Fu Master. 
Zipper. Yeah, yeah Zipper did a, a ROM change for some of the graphics, and I was being kidnapped. Uh, I'd been kidnapped, and you were Sean Fu Master to come and get me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so yeah, that game means a lot to me because I've been playing it for years. I do like it. It is brilliant. La la la! It's music quiz time. Oh, oh! No music quiz this week, kids. But I've got a treat for you. The Ten Pence Orchestra are back, 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 back. Oh God! After an extended tour playing at farms across Ribble Valley, playing to audiences of thousands of captive livestock, mm. the Ten Pence Orchestra have returned to the studio to produce yet another masterpiece of sonic brilliance. This one, Vic. Yeah. Is called Common Biscuits. (laughs) She was posh and she wanted biscuits. She'd never tried them and she thought she'd risk it. That's where I caught her eye. She said to me, what's a Garibaldi? I said, two for one, if you buy from Aldi. She said, why? Because it rhymes. And then she said, I want to eat some common biscuits. I want to eat whatever common people do. And if you were a common biscuit, I'd cover you in jam and eat you too. And became a dodger So I played her with a jammy dodger And I snapped She ate the pack She said that she was feeling festive So I tried her with a chopped digestive She said cute I said it's a brute And then she said I want to eat some common biscuits I want to eat some common biscuits with you Can you help me with the common biscuits? I want more, and I've only had a few So I took her by the hand To the bargain shop, how loud! Malted milk and custard cream All the biscuits of your dreams Chocolate dogs and ginger nuts Keep an eye out for price cuts Bourbon creams and enriched tea Have one or two and then have three Pink wafers and a pack of knives Thank me once, you'll thank me twice You must try all the common biscuits You must try all the common biscuits with me Make room for the common biscuits Just make sure you don't eat any tea. You should get full of it. Honestly, you will. Munch down the common biscuit with me. 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 <laughs> that Jarvis Cocker. Oh. He's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? He has. <laughs> Jarvis Holly. Featured game review. 
This is the Featured Game Review. Uh, the game is Phoenix, developed by an unknown Japanese company for Amstar, who then licensed it to Century, or Centuri, for US release, and Taito for Japanese release. Amstar was based in Phoenix, Arizona. Fancy that. Mm-hmm. Other companies, such as Zakaria, Amtech, Nova Parat, released it in Europe. Whether or not they are licensed or bootlegs, we don't know. But they did make cabinets for Phoenix. There's even a wall mount made by the same people that made my Vic, my Cosmic Allen, which yeah. is a German company. Yeah, if anyone knows where I can buy one, please get in touch. It's a silver and blue machine wall mount. Uh, it's a static-screened vertical shmup with multiple levels. On some machines, you control your wibbly-wobbly ship with left and right buttons. Other machines use a left-right joystick. You also have a fire button and a barrier button. Mm. The hardware on this game, the CPU, is a bit of an odd one. It's an 8085. I think it's one of only a handful of games that use this chip, and that runs at 5.5 megahertz. Uh, it's got 4 kilobytes of RAM, and it's got 16 kilobytes of ROM. 16 whole kilobytes of ROM. Massive. This is 8 2716 2K chips. I know this because I've burnt some. And the audio is a Matsushita MN6221AA chip, along with discrete circuitry. This is known as the front doorbell chip. Right. This chip was used in doorbells to produce melodies, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think, uh, not certain, I have to ask Phil about this, that that chip holds other tunes rather than the two that's in the game. But I'm not sure if you can trigger them or not. It's just those two it uses. So the gameplay on this game... Basically, it's a Glaxin clone with a few extra levels. One of the very first games to have a boss level. I'm not sure it's the first, but it's one of the very first. Gorf basically nicked the boss level from Phoenix. Yep. Yeah, I checked the dates as well just to make sure. Uh, it must be an early contender for multiple different levels too. And you say that SNK's Ozma Wars had different levels. I think that was the first one to have disparate levels. Ah, okay. December 1979, so it's, it's not long after Space Invaders, Osmo Wars. Yeah. Same hardware, I think. So, screen one. Yellow and pink birds start, start off in a formation. <coughs> Single or multiple hate beaks swoop down at you kamikaze style. You only have one shot on the screen at a time on this level. The attackers flower on like they're drunk on absinthe. They're hard <laughs> to hit. When there are fewer birds in the formation and they are marching to and fro. They tumble and move erratically, making it hard to hit the feathered twerps. <laughs> birds fly back up the screen in a diagonal pattern with a nice flappy animation. If you hit a bird like this, they explode rather like you do, i.e. they're blown apart sideways, and you get more points for doing this, sometimes as low as 20. Not even worth it for a good beak death. You do have a barrier or shield button, which can absorb enemy bullets and also smash evil kamikaze space vultures if they're stupid enough to fly into you when you have it on. It only lasts a few seconds, and you can't move when it's on, but you can keep firing. Once used, it takes about five seconds to regenerate again. Or ten. Or ten. Or, or one. Oh, or I, three. I, I've not really or noticed five. the time, actually. I, I sort of don't use it often, so I'm not too sure about that. It says five seconds anyway. But when you get down to four birds at the end, they speed up. Mm. Mm. Screen two, same again, but purple and green birds start in a different kind of formation. Same as before, but this time around, you have to... You have rapid shots and can have more shots on the screen at a time. On this, in the first screen, you have a nice carpet of stars and planets scrolling under you. A simple but nice effect. Ah. Where the game speeds up on this level, I've got a feeling it's a bug and not supposed to do that. 
There's enough bugs in this. Yes, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Screen three. This is six yellow eggs that float from side to side and hatch into big-ass blue hairy beaks from Lucifer's realm. Ah! They fart at you a lot and sway from side to side and swoop down at you. The birds have to be hit in the centre, in their faces, to be killed. If you hit a wing, it disappears and the bird carries on as normal. You can even take the other wing off and both will grow back as if by magic. Screen four, same again. But this time, pink eggs turn into big pink flapping kamikaze emu aliens. Exactly the same as the previous level. Screen five. This is the boss level, Ben. Yeah. Why is he called... Right, the reason he's called Ben, apparently, is someone sent us a picture from a bootleg table version that somehow refers to the big alien in the middle of the mothership as Ben. The screen starts with the big mothership... Ross, Ross, I think. Yeah. The screen starts with the big mothership scrolling into play in the centre of the screen, about halfway up. Accompanying it are a legion of the second-level purple flapping buffoons. The boss baddie will shoot at you, as well as the flapper swooping down at you. You need to blast a shot through the orange part of the ship, where Ben is, in the centre, then waste away through the purple conveyor shield, and then a well-timed shot to murder off the man inside the ship. Poor old Ben. All the time, the ship descends slowly towards you. When the very front of the ship is nose-to-nose with the level of your ship, it stops descending. It doesn't land like Space Invaders, it just stays there. If you manage to kill the birdie sentries, a new wave of them appear with the alarm sound again, and it sounds just like this. Oh, it's like a knife in my ears, that noise. Mm. So, play tips and secrets on this game. It's quite a simple game. Uh, the main tactic, apart from the boss ship, is to try and get the levels out of the way as quickly as possible, I find. Yeah. Uh, on the first two bird levels, do them like Galaxian or Cosmic Alien accurately. Yes, if missing, you can hit them. Yeah, missing a shot makes you take the next shot a split second later than if it hit. Don't get too near the birds on the side of the screen. Keep away. These are skitty buggers, and they will crash into you or poop out a load of bullets, even when close to you. They morph from one side of the screen to the other. Beware of this. Try and get the outer birds first. Because at the end, if you leave the outer birds and they speed up, when they come down towards you, they actually go through from the right onto the left and from the left onto the right. So if you're on the opposite side of the screen to them, this bird will come down on the opposite side of the screen and then come through the screen onto your area and crash into you. They're really quick and they just go all over the place. They're really erratic. Mm. So I try and get the outer birds first, especially on the late levels. If a bird is crossing your path, go under it and keep going. Do not change direction when a bird is above you. This is when they fire at you and you'll end up eating bullets. Pick the birds off when they stop in front of your ship and are crawling across the screen. Get them quick because they are sitting ducks. <laughs> Do you see what I did there? Mm, they actually, sort of. If they come down straight, they'll stop. They sort of do a tumble and stop. And they'll crawl along in front of you really slow. And they will not fire at you until they start moving again. So you can just quickly get under them and kill them off. They won't fire at you. When a flock of seagulls... Eh? (laughs) ...are heading for you in a corner, whack your shield button. Hopefully it'll wipe them all out. Also use a shield when a bird is doing the crawl under your ship. Don't stand above it without the shield on because it will come up underneath you and gut your trousers. On levels three and four, get the eggs in the centre-ish as they are hatching, then go hard left or hard right as the birds slow down to change direction and can be got easier on the extremes of the screen. 
Try and get the lowest ones before they hatch, as they're the most dangerous when they've hatched. Yeah. Uh, on the third level, the blue ones, I go to sort of the centre and get pick a few off. And as they as they're hatching, they slow right down, but they do shoot at you. Kill yeah. them off quick, and then go to the left hand side. Kill them off there because they they you know they can get them easier there. And on the pink bird level, the next level, I go about two thirds to the right, shoot a load of them as they're sort of turning round. Yeah, and then go hard right and get them all there. That's how I do it anyway. And I did it quite well. On the boss level, blast a hole in the centre. Keep moving out of the way of his fire when he fires at you, obviously. And then reposition yourself until it's all the way through, uh, and then go to the left or the right and blast away as much of the rotating shield as possible while the mothership is descending. Because the orange bit of the ship is only small on those sides, you can get through it quick, and then you're right at the conveyor belt, and you can get it off quick. And then it leaves gaps in it. So when you're ready, you can shoot right through the middle, through a gap, and kill Ben in the middle. So you don't have to do that. You can actually shoot when the, the ship is at its lowest. You can shoot through the orange stuff. Really? You don't, you don't have to make a gap. You can shoot through it. Oh, another bug I didn't know about. Yeah, but wow. if, you, if you die, then you can't shoot through it. When you respawn again, you can't shoot through it. You have to shoot. Oh, wow, that's just, really difficult then. You can't do it because he keeps firing at you, doesn't he? Yeah, so sometimes... I didn't know that. Oh, that's work. interesting. It doesn't work all the time. It works 95% of the time, I'd say. Sometimes you can't shoot through him. Oh, that's a bit... I'd rather just make sure it happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. What I do as well on that level is pick off all the all the birds as they attack, except one. Leave one on the, on the level. If you kill all of them, a new battalion of hate beaks appear. <laughs> Only kill the baddie when the mothership has landed... This is what people didn't know about, I think. They weren't getting high-size scores. If you shoot it when it's just one line to descend, you get zero, 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 zero points. Bummer. If you get it right at the bottom and it's not moving anymore, you get 8,200, 9,000, 9,200. Big bonus points. Mm. The big bonus. Uh, when you kill the bird, it's about a big bonus. <laughs> bonus uh. <laughs> On later boss levels, start out by picking off some of the marching birds before they start kamikaze at you. I tried to knock a few out quick because on some of the levels there is loads of them, yeah. and sometimes they'll all come down at once, all of them, like about fifteen, twenty of the damn things. And it's quite hard to get out of the way of them, so I try and pick a few off before shooting up the middle, even. But don't leave it too long. So the graphics and sound in this game—they're simple. It's nineteen eighty-one for goodness' sake. Uh, well animated sprites. I really like how the birds flap. Yes, flappy yeah. birds. Uh, I like the scrolling start and planet field under you in levels one and two. Mm-hmm. I always like those sort of scrolling, sparkly moons and planets moving underneath you. Quite good. Uh, awesome animation when you blow the birds apart. That's quite satisfying when you kill it and they sort of flap apart. Mm. When, they're, when, they're going, they, when they go up diagonally up the screen when they're flapping, you can get them and you, they blow apart. I quite like that. It makes a good noise as well. Uh, there's a nice asterisk center fade in between levels, which is really simple, but I quite like it. That's an old sort of computer effect, isn't it? Where the stars and yeah. it comes out from the center and goes back in. Mm. Quite like that. The sounds are nice and bassy, as normal in these old classics, especially on the cabinet I'm playing it on. And there's two well-known classical tunes. This is Romance d'Amour, or the Spanish Romance, and also Fur Elise by good old Beethoven. Uh, some mind-melting, high-pitched effects used for the birds, though, and the siren sound on the boss level. It's so loud. <laughs> so what do you think about the, the game and the graphics, then? I like the game, but it drove me insane because sometimes the shield doesn't work. We are going to talk about the, the bugs a little bit later on, but what do you think about mm. the gaming without that side of it? What do you think about this sort of just the shooting, the levels, and, and the sound? I and think stuff? it's 
it's a game in classic. It's really, really good, but it lets itself down in other ways, which we'll get onto. Yeah, we have to say, Phoenix, sit in the corner and think about what you've done. We're not Give angry you with wobble. you. We're not angry with you. We're disappointed. <laughs> so the scoring for this game um, and the world record is astronomical. Richie Knuckles of Knuckles Arcade, New Jersey, holds the official world record and is one million. 7,115 points, and this was in March 2011. How the heck did he do that? God knows. He's also the God world record knows. holder of Space Invaders. He got over 100,000 Space Invaders, which doubled the previous world record. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points, man. So, right at the very bottom... Oh, really? Retromash. I think he must have played it one-handed. 540. <laughs> <laughs> he just switched it on. Had a look. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Didn't like it. Paul McCaskey, 4,680. Giggity! 6,760. Mark Clayton, 7,950. Chris CMP, 8,270. Uh, and we get to 10,000 now. DJ Rouge, 10,170. Matthew Bridge, 10,000. 10, Dr. Dean out there. Oh, 8, Dr. 000. Dean. 888. Lucky 888. Yeah. Dr. Dean. Uh, Matthew Bridge, 10,730. Mark Happy Dude, 10,800. Richard Broadhurst, who has... Oh, forgot, almost forgot to mention this. Richard Broadhurst has made a really good clone of Phoenix for the BBC microcomputer. And I was oh. helping him playtest it, and the graphics are almost exactly the same. And the animations are really good as well. There's a few bugs he's got to iron out, but he's doing a really good version of it. If it's as good as his Astro Blaster, it's going to be absolutely amazing, and it's looking that way. Mm. Uh, Nick Silver Smurfer, 13,020. Chris Mooncrest, the bootleg. He's not so good at this, is he? <laughs> 13,230. Andrew Driver, 13,280. Sal Buglierissi. Oh, he's got more than that. He's 16,480. I think he's got 24,000 odd. He sent me an email afterwards. So I'll, oh, give, him a, I'll right. give him a little hint. I'll get some more points. Uh, Mick Orwell, 18,280. Uh, Ian Cullen, 18,790. Carl Parry, 25,240. Mark Happy, 26,010. Jim Kane, 26,350. Neil, 20 to 5, 31,560. He's getting some better scores now. Tactical Genius, 35,900. Mark K, 38,010. Uh, Tronads, 40,560. Good score. Riley Retro, even better score, 50,470. Tagster, 50,740. You, Mr. Holly. Just a late score, and I just managed to squeeze past. 51,040. That is a good score, mate. I am pleased with that. Now, that would have beaten my old score by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. My old score, when I played it for, was about 32,000-odd before I started playing it in this challenge. Steve Tyke, who's a very good game player, 76,530. Good score. Tim Keeling, 79,040. Victor Marland, 85,800. And Charlie Farr is in his own track because I'm at the top of the leaderboard and I want to do that. Uh, Charlie <laughs> Farr's got 170,290s, just about doubled my score. And I thought my score was absolutely amazing. So, what I've got to say to you, Mr. Holly, is. In face! <laughs> that was SpongeBob helping me out there. And I'm going to give myself one of these. Little ping. You've beat me last two times running, haven't you? Yes, I love it. In your face, Holly. Oh, I've got to come back now. In your face. I'm really pleased. I've been getting... I haven't got anywhere near that since. I've been getting 
usually 45, 60. I think I got a 70,000 one time. And I can usually, when I've been playing for a little while, get a 60,000 odd going. I'm, wow. I was really enjoying it. But everyone was moaning about the bugs in the game, right? And they were right to. There was a lot of bugs in this game, and it ruins it a bit. But when I was playing, I just was ignoring the bugs. And you sort of, if you avoid the the hate beaks enough to play the game, I'm sure Charlie Farbroy says this as well, you don't normally need the barrier that often. It's only sort of a last-minute thing. And you could say it's a feature. It's a, a sort of, you know, it might malfunction maybe or something. It just doesn't work. But it, I was playing it yesterday and a little bit this morning, and... I was doing really well, and you wouldn't have many lives left or whatever, and it, you would get killed, and it really, really isn't your fault. And you're yeah. like, oh, for God's sake, you che- I was calling it a cheating, and a cheating, and a cheating, and a cheating, all those words, mm. quite a bit. And I was even shouting it at one point, but I still really like it. Don't believe him. He hurt his hand slapping the control panel. So let's get on to these bugs. This is why... A lot of people probably got bored with it quickly and, you know, sort of annoyed with it. And then we'll go back to the cabinet art and all the stuff with the cabinets as well. So this is part of our trivia section, really. Um, the first things first, before the, before the bugs going on, uh, don't get Phoenix confused with the Williams pinball of the same name. No. Weirdly, the second loop is a lot harder than any of the others. Once you got over that, the game is reasonable to keep looping. It gets sort of easier actually it doesn't get any harder i actually found that yeah the I, second I, I one did. is a hard loop maybe that's why people have only got those kind of scores they've done the first loop, then got killed in the second loop but once yeah. you've done the second loop which is a bit of a slog because you get a lot of birds at the end of the level you get like twice mm. as many um attacking birds on the last on the, on the boss level of level two of loop mm. two yeah that might be it i think um let's get on the bugs shall we let's do yes. the bugs uh, bad collision detection, but against you, not the antagonists. You can shoot the birds sometimes. You know you're shooting them. You're shooting right at them, and they're still alive. When you shields, a lot of the time they do not shield you. It's a, it's it's a false thing. On my control panel, it says barrier. It's not barrierizing anything. Mm. Sometimes you shoot a bird. Bits of the sprite will actually remain on the screen as well. Yeah. Or it doesn't happen too often. Uh, and sometimes you're obviously hitting your targets and they ain't dying. And I did notice this one recently as well. When you're shooting through the conveyor belt on the left or the right-hand part of the, the boss ship, if you move slightly off of it, you can shoot some of the attackers and attacking birds above you. But you have to hit them twice. You'll hit them, they'll explode, you'll get the point, but they'll still be there and you've got to hit them again. You notice that? God, no. It does that for the two very side ones, the right or the left-hand side. The two of them, you've got to hit them twice if you're very close to the thing. It's like it's not being registered, they're killed, but you're still getting the points and they're not being deleted off the screen. You know what I mean? Right. It's really weird. It's another bug I found in it. Stupid game. Uh, your bullets don't reach the top of the screen. Because yeah. sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> when uh, on the, the big Phoenix level, the the... the third and fourth levels, if there's a phoenix right at the very top and you hit him, it won't hit him because your bullet doesn't travel all the way up the screen. How bad is that? That's terrible. <laughs> um, right, the 204,000 bug. Um, most people know about this, and that's why we said you can't use it on the high score challenge. This is an odd scoring bug that happens when you shoot three birds while flying in a diagonal pattern and you get the special explosion. I mean, they, they blast apart. If you get three in quick succession, 
For some reason, it confuses the game, and you get approximately 204,000 points, regardless of what your score already is. So if you're on 30,000, it won't give you 234,000 points. You'll get 204,000 whatever it says. Mm. And it is possible to get the bug again later in the game, but it won't add on another 204. It'll take you back to 204,000. So it is an annoying bug. And the reason we said on the, fa- on the on the website, we'll know if you've used the bug. Obviously, no one's got 204,000, so we know no one's used it. But at the end of the score, if it's not 0-0, the bug has occurred. Mm-hmm. It'll put, for instance, 65 on the end of it, or 37 or whatever, and it won't be 0-0. So that's how you know the 204,000 bug's been used. Because I watched a YouTube video the other day, and someone got 400-something thousand points on it, and I was skipping through it, and all of a sudden they had 200-something thousand points. I went, oh, you cheating gets. They've used that bonus, but then they've got another 200,000 on top, so they've done well anyway. And also... That's, that's what Richie Knuckles must have done then, because his score ends in a 15. Ah, really? Maybe in, in the Twin Galaxies World Record you're allowed to do it once. Could be, yeah, because he's still had to get 800,000 on top of it, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, so it's a big thing. And sometimes, with that bug, you can get it by accident. I mean, I've mm. been when I've been playing it, I've been conscious. When you see three or four birds giving that diagonal flight pattern, it's not to shoot at them, all of them quickly, especially on the second level when you've got your increased shots. So I haven't, I, I've got it a few times since I've had the cab back, I've done it a few times, like three or four times, but once I've been playing it for the scores, I've consciously not done it to get it. Mm. So there's that. And there's also a 100,000-point bug. I did know about or wasn't sure, and Phil Murray, who is an expert on this game and the programming of it, because he reprogrammed bits to do the high-score save and fix the bugs and stuff, he didn't know about it either. But I found it on our YouTube channel. Yes. You put it on ages ago, and I I forgot to look at it. But this was... um, it's the Phoenix Tips with Paz, mm. which you put on there ages ago. And basically, he shows how to get the 100,000-point bonus. You don't shoot anything on the first level for ages, right? And you hang about on the right-hand side of the screen. Then after a whole squad of feathered swines do a loop, they sort of run round a loop, go to the very left-hand side of the screen and wait for the far left-handed, far left-handed bird to crash into you from underneath, and you're awarded a 100,000-points bonus. Mm. And I think you can do it more than once, that one. But you obviously lose a life every time it happens. So, But it takes a while to do it. If you watch the video, which is uh, linked on our webpage, you can have a look at that. Mm. I think the collision detection is bad for, for you as well. Sometimes when the birds, the, the smaller birds, when they're swooping from, you know, say the right to the left, yeah. they crash into you sooner than... It looks like, really. It seems to trigger the explosion before they've actually got to you, before you can press the barrier. That's yeah. what I think. They, they do. And also, I've, I was playing last night, and I noticed it a few times, which was annoying me. When I was in a corner, because I got pushed in a corner... Nobody puts baby in a corner. And you see like two or three birds coming towards you. You put the barrier on, and you can actually see them fly through you twice and then disappear and, and get away. You think, no, you should have been killed then. Mm. It's like if if they're inside if they're inside the barrier area, not touching you, and you put the barrier on, it's only that like the outside of the barrier works. Yeah, it's really crap, oh, it's, isn't it? It's it poor. Is. It's very very poor, and and sometimes oh, it's just it is annoying. It, some of the deaths you get are really cheap because of the bugs, but the game is still a classic. It is still addictive. 
Uh, Phil has actually fixed on one of his ROM revisions he's done. He's reprogrammed it very slightly, and he has actually fixed the two hundred four thousand point bonus. If you do hit three of these flappy birds as they're going up, you will not get the two hundred four thousand point bonus, which is good if you're going for a high score and you want to do it legitimately. So there's that. And I said to Phil, oh, do you think you could fix some of the other bugs? And he probably could. But the thing with Phoenix, he told me, is that 16K of ROM, which the game is in, it's very, very tight on space. There's not a lot of room to put in there at all. Mm. So when he did the high score saving kit, he rewrote those ROMs, and you can't even put your initials in. It didn't have enough room for even for initials. So it just saves the top five or six scores, I think. Right. So you don't know who's done it, but if it's your own cab, you obviously know who's done it. Um, he said it's very, very tight. But he said if you if you could extend the memory, you could probably sort that out because he's a bit of a genius like that. Mm-hmm. So the game, the actual machine itself, uh, the Century one, uh, I've only seen in America. I've never seen one over here, not uh, in the in the flesh, the upright one. And this is on the clovearcademuseum.com. There's a wood grain one and also a white-sided angular cab. And it's got half-height top side art with a mechanical hate beak swooping down with its talons. <laughs> talons. <laughs> and the word Phoenix underneath is in a perspective writing, which I quite like. The same writing style appears on the marquee, and the control panel is a very pretty dull blue colour with all the buttons layout. No joysticks for the US version at all. Uh, Zakaria did a usual nasty psychedelic coloured thing housing this show game. Never liked the Zack cabs. Never liked them. I know some people do. I hate them. Uh, I own a Taito Trimline, which I've recently found out was never released in America. Apparently, mine's a factory conversion. I got it from Germany, if I recall. Mm. And I think there's only two of them in this country. So I don't know how many there are about, but it seemed to be quite a rare cab. And when my cab went on the uh, Cabaret Arcade Games Facebook page, people were quite intrigued with it because they'd not seen it before. They thought it was a you know, bootleg. I said, no, no, it's real. It's Taito. It's all got... Taito labels on the inside of it and everything. It's got a Taito marquee. And so I think someone said, oh, that, that control panel is taken from another game. Uh, obviously in different colours. But the, the, the control panels on those trimline games are very simple style anyway. And they all look very similar. Mm. The Space Invaders looks very similar. The Crazy Climber looks similar. All that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's the one. And that um, wall mount we said about earlier is the same style as my Cosmic Allen. And I would really like to have yeah. that. Such a good game. Such a nice game as well. Also, there was a sort of sequel to it, Pleiades, or Pleiades, because it's spelt wrongly on the marquee, mm-hmm. uh, from Tekan, is said to be a successor to Phoenix with its similar gameplay. And also, Phil Murray got on to me, he said he's pretty sure that Tekan was the unnamed Japanese programmer that programmed Phoenix too, because he reckons the code is very similar, and it would make sense. Yeah. Ah, so I, I take Phil on his word there because he's he's good. He, he said the the program is very similar, you know, to the flight patterns and the attack waves and all that sort of stuff. Ah, oh, that could be it then. Yeah, I reckon it is. Yeah, who knows? Mm. So, overall thoughts and improvements. Right, this is Neil twenty to five. This sums it up for me. I said play play the default ROM, and he's put my default for this game is to throw it erratically into the air, fire <laughs> bullets through it, yes. let it land through my shield, and then miss <laughs> the bonus. <laughs> I think that is what frustrated him. We must have said to him, you know, wait until it gets to the bottom, you get the boom, and he's got to the what he thought was the bottom, and gone, what? No points? No! <laughs> it is annoying when you when you miss time it. I usually wait just off to the side. And keep an eye on the thing. Make sure it's not moving. And just go and blast Ben in the middle. 
Mm. Yes, but it is annoying if you do that and you don't realise this. It's a really unpleasant shock, that one. Yeah, do you want my opinion on it overall? Go on then. I have put, it's a very playable game despite all of its faults. Mm-hmm, I will mm-hmm, keep mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm, it for mm-hmm, an... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with all those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will keep playing it for an enjoyable blast, but I wouldn't consider playing it competitively again for a high score because I could only play it for a couple of times and it, and then I had to switch it off because I kept rage quitting because Aww. of some of the bugs. The attack patterns are completely unpredictable. They're, they're either genius yes. or just annoying. Also, yes. Yeah. And I would, I've put, will somebody please mix Phoenix and Satan's Hollow together? That would be super cool, a kind of Satan's Phoenix game. That would be quite good, yeah. I will enjoy that. Where you could move with the barrier on. You actually know, yes. how, much, you know how much barrier you've got. That would be nice, a nice kind of thing. Or when the barrier's charged up. Yeah, yeah. maybe a little, a little um, progression at the bottom when your barrier comes back to normal like a lot of games have. That would be, mm. be good. For me... It's Stone Cold Classic. I'm going to keep playing it again because I've got the damn cab again and I don't want to get rid of it. I love that cab. It's such a nice thing to play on as well. It's a really nice height to play on. Mm. And I want to get the high score kit sorted. Next time I see Phil, he's going to sort me out with a board and and get the high score kit and the, and the fixed ROM so I don't get the 204,000 point bonus thing as well. Mm. Uh, or bonus or bug, whatever you want to call it. I'm also going to get a Pleiads board before long and that works. It's got the same pin out. Right. So I used to have I used to have a Pleiad, Pleiads in there years ago before it stopped working, and I had it before. So you can play Pleiads on it, which is a very similar type of game. But I prefer Phoenix. I really do prefer Phoenix. Pleiads has got a few different little bits of levels on it. The, the bugs are really annoying. I wish they could. I wish you could fix the bugs, but I think the game would be easier if you fixed the bugs. Mm. And as you said, the attack patterns—they're quite interesting how they work because they don't just sort of swoop down at you go from left to right or come at you. They do loop the loops, they go back up the screen, they crawl along the bottom, they crawl underneath you, they sort of fall all the way down sometimes, they come down in, in different number of variations together, one at a time or ten at a time, whatever. Yeah. It's quite interesting, it's quite clever how back in 81 they had all those things going for it. And it's I think I think player Missile Rob said they were crazy drunken birds and that's exactly what they remind i keep thinking of them as drunken birds because mm. they're all over the place coming down at you and the phoenixes are annoying because they, they turn back into the the, the eggs. eggs if you don't get them quick enough and you blast a, a wing off they go Mah! at you and they ah, they're so annoying but mm. if you get them to one side was you doing that when you played it yeah that's what I've- you can blast them really quick and sometimes i can get them before they even fire a shot at me which right. is the best way of doing because it it's quick you, you pick up as many as you can when they're still eggs, and then the last few quickly before they even get a shot off at you. It's really really satisfying when you do that. Mm, it is a very good game, and I'm not going to play it again for a long time because I've had enough of it, <laughs> but I will definitely come back to it for a quick blast, which is what I've always done. I've always just played two or three games and then left it. I will go back to it a lot because I really like it. It's in the corner of my garage, which I play quite a bit, and I want to get 100,000. That would mm. really... Tickle me if I get 100,000 on it. Charlie Farr get 170,000. What is the man made out of? Do you want to tip what he said? What's that? When you when the mothership's descending, he says, do that for the first three or four times. He says, after that, it becomes too difficult with the, the birds attacking. He says, just go for... Shoot a hole in the middle of it and then move to the right and shoot the barrier and kill the bad guy as quick as you can. He says, you can get, if you do it quick enough, you get 6,000 doing that. 
Oh, right. He says, just I, just get the level over with. It gets too hard later on. And that's what I he was doing. I don't agree with that, you know. Oh. Because when I did my 85,800, I was doing it on every single level. And if you if you pick off the birds first before doing the up the middle and through the sides and sort of manage where you're doing and kill off a load of birds first, there's not so many of them to come down at you, so it's not so difficult. If you just leave one or two on the screen, it's quite easy to avoid them. Mm-hmm. But right. Charlie must be right because he's got 170,000. I can't argue with that. Mm. But yeah, I, I found it... But I didn't really get many goes near that. I got, I think I got another 70,000. I got a few 60-odd thousands. Yeah. And it was just the one time I got the 85,800. But yeah, when I was watching that person do the 400,000... Um, score, they were just killing it straight. I was like, what are you doing? Why aren't you waiting until it lands? And obviously they were just doing it quickly and easily, straight through. Yeah, it's, it's a good un, but <laughs> it's frustrating. It, it was is. for me. I was, I, when I first started playing it, I was just dealing with the bugs, trying to avoid them because I knew what they were and where they were coming from. And I was getting quite good at it. And then when I got so far... And every single time, it wasn't just getting hit by a random bird, it was getting hit by a bug. There's there's mm. birds in this game and bugs, like Ladybug. Yeah. But these bugs are the stupid ones that you don't like. So yeah, that is that. So kids, check out the Tempe High School League table where Charlie Farr, I've not put these scores in yet, but he'd obviously still be at the top. Yes. I think I'll just still be second, followed by Tagster and a few others. Ooh. <laughs> Where will I be with my win? I don't know. You, you, you'll get what will you get for that? Nine points. Ooh. You'll go flying up charts. I will. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so look at that, kids. Next show's game. Your pick. Yes, I, I've been really battling. Oh, I didn't see this until. Ooh, ooh, it, nice. Really pick. battling with what to pick. I've got five that I wanted to pick. So, but I've picked this one. It's Commando from Capcom, nineteen eighty-five. World ROM, three lives, extra lives at 10k and every 50k, difficulty normal. These are the default settings. Now, there is a cheat in the first level of Commander where you can just stand by a ledge what the soldiers jump off and just keep killing them indefinitely. Oh, really? Yeah, you're not allowed to use that. No, no. Because people do do that and build up, like, say, 10 lives and then oh. go and do the rest of the game. But you're not allowed to do that bug. It's okay. not a bug because the game doesn't it's pressure it. Point scabbing tactic. We won't have any of that. You could just do it indefinitely. Just stand by, you know, right at the beginning. There's like a ledge to the I right. I do, of the yeah. And the two guys come off, yeah. Well, they'll keep you kill them and they'll just keep coming. Oh, so right. Okay. Do it forever. I saw, I was watching someone playing Ghosts and Goblins. I want to improve my Ghosts and Goblins game. But after watching the person playing it, I'm not going to bother. It just gets ridiculous later on. There's a, a <laughs> level later on I've never got to. You stand in the middle of the screen. And the little undead guys come from left and right, and you just go, you keep scrolling them on and off the screen, you just keep shooting them. And they got about 150,000 points just doing that, just standing around. And when you get like 10 seconds left in your timer, you go to the right and then kill off the red guy, and you get more points again. You get more, more timer again. So I thought, yeah, mm-hmm. and that game just gets ridiculous later on. I'm not having that. No, 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 no. <laughs> so next yeah. week's game is Commando. So thanks for listening, and join me and Sean in two weeks' time. We were both going commando. Do you know what? I was going to say that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks, kids. Goodbye. And one final note from Old Beardy. Come say hello to me at the Play Glasgow Expo on 17th of June. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, 
and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 